Hello, and welcome to the Park Baptist Church Podcast. Our goal is to preach the Word of God in a real and authentic way, so you are filled with the Spirit to guide you through life each and every week. To learn more about Park Baptist Church, visit parkbaptist.com. This morning we're reading from the book of Mark, chapter 6, verse 45 to 52. Remember, this is when Jesus just fed 5,000 men with five loaves and two fishes. Immediately, he made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. After saying farewell to them, he went up on the mountain to pray. When evening came, the boat was out to sea, and he was alone on the land. When we saw they were straining at the oars against the adverse wind, he came towards them early in the morning, walking on the sea. He intended to pass them by. But when he saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost, and they cried out. For they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Then he got in the boat with the men, and the wind ceased. And they were utterly astounded, for they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. Let's pray. Our Father, God, we thank you for this beautiful day. Father, we seek your Holy Spirit that you would just work in our church and work in our hearts. Lord, we ask you to give Joe the words to speak. Give us the ears to hear. Lord, we just thank you for loving us. We thank you for all you do for us. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. For those who don't know me, uh, I can't carry a tune in a bucket. But when I go to heaven, I will have the most amazing voice that you've ever heard. In fact... I can just visualize it now when the Lord sitting in his throne would say, I need somebody to sing to me. And all the country and Western people, they'd raise their hand. And he'd say, Joe, come, come sing to me, boy. That is heaven. It's our belief that we don't do anything of importance without first going to God and asking for his blessing. May the words of my mouth, may the meditation of their hearts be truly acceptable. My Lord and my God. This morning, we're going to be talking about one of my favorite sermons is Jesus walking on the water. Uh, I, I guess uh, probably 90% of the Navy guys would, uh, would like that. They, if you go to Annapolis at the, at the academy in the chapel, there's a huge um, mural, and it depicts Jesus walking on the water, uh, and and it's just it's cool. It's very cool. We're going to start not with him walking on the water. We're going to back up one story. The fact that he fed five thousand people, well, that's a misnomer. Um, he fed 5,000 men, be 5,000 women, probably 5,000 kids. It is phenomenal. It's probably the most people involved in a miracle of the whole gospel. Philip says, Lord, send these people away. They need to go find something to eat. And Philip said, and, and Jesus said, Philip, you feed them. 
if there's anything that I'd like for you to take away this day, is that our job is to feed the people. Now, Jesus uh, worked on not only the bread, but also feeding the soul. That's our job out there, is helping people feed their souls. He organized the, the people, set them down. We're in a spot in the northwest uh, corner of the lake. Tiberius is down here. Bethsaida is right over there. And he fed them. Uh, the church that I served in, uh, we had a funeral dinner. And uh, they told us 50, and it ended up to be 80. And I went into the kitchen, and one of the ladies was saying, fishes and loaves, fishes and loaves, fishes and loaves. And we fed them. Jesus, um, you know, he's, this is at the pinnacle of the height of his popularity. Um, he has fed them. He has healed them. And so in the book of John, they say, we want to make you a king because you feed us Medicare. You can feed us. You can heal us. You can watch over us. And by the way, you can take 12 legions of angels and you can fight the Romans. I, I think Jesus had one of those V8 moments when he thought to himself, what am I doing? What's going on here? They're only interested in feeding their bodies. I'm interested in feeding their souls. So he dismissed the group. He commanded, that's an important word here. He commanded his disciples to get into the boat, knowing that they were going to sail into the storm. Now, if you were a good Jew, if you were in the storm, you would think, well, I've sinned. If you were in fair uh, weather, you would say I was righteous. Jesus put these disciples into a storm. Sometimes he does that to us. And sometimes we think, Lord, what have we done? It's all for the glory of God. You remember the, the blind man? And they said, who, who sinned here? Uh, was it he or was it his family? And Jesus said, neither. Neither. He was blind for the glory of God to be fulfilled. Is that cool? And if we would accept those type of things as well, I'm not sure what it teaches, but I hope I learn it pretty fast so we can get moving on. He commanded these disciples to get into the boat and to sail off to Bethsaida, right over there. Now, you remember, anytime you see the word B-E-T-H, it means house. So Bethsaida means house of fish. Bethlehem, house of bread. So just kind of keep that in mind. They launch. They get out in the middle of the lake. And the storm hits. It is a huge, huge storm. Uh, evening is from 6 to 9. So we think that they went out some, sometime between those two times. 
on the fourth watch. The first watch is six to nine, second watch nine to twelve, third watch twelve to three. Fourth watch is three to six. They've been battling this storm all night long. One reason this story is especially to me and to our Navy people is that we all went through storms at sea. In 1973, uh, we were uh, carrying cargo from Subic Bay, Philippines to a fictitious point in Vietnam called Yankee Station. That's where our carriers were. We would underway replenish the ships to where they could stay on the gun line. There was a tropical depression coming across the Western Pacific. And as it began to get into the Luzon Straits, which is warm water, it strengthened significantly. It is the fourth strongest typhoon recorded. And we're in the middle of it. Now, I'm here to tell you, I was subject to some seasickness. Uh, if you get scared enough, you won't get seasick. That's a fact. We were taking 31-degree rolls. The barometer was 25.91. Can you imagine that, how strong this storm was? When the, the wind got past 100 mile an hour, we shut down the radar because it was making irregular sweeps. So I went out on the bridge. Captain, the XO, and the navigator are on the port side chart table trying to figure out how to ride the storm. Now, was there prayer involved? I suspect there was. Um, riding the storm. We can ride the storm only with Jesus. That, that's the only way that we can do it. He doesn't take us out of the storm, but he gives us the safety of being in the storm with him. We were carrying some Marines, and the Marine lieutenant come up to the bridge, and he's just standing there, and the captain said, Lieutenant, how, how are your men doing? He said, Captain, they're scared. They've never been in a bad storm before. And he said, tell them I have. There's something so powerful about surviving the storm. But we survived the storm to help other people survive the storm. That's our job. All of a sudden, they see a ghostly figure coming toward them. Now, keep in mind, Jesus did not have GPS. He always knows where his disciples are. Always. Absolutely always. He comes walking on the water. Now, uh, I read one commentary said, well, he was walking on the shore, but it looked like he was walking on the water. I got a Greek word for you. Baloney. He was walking on the water. Now, the Jews were very superstitious. They felt like that if demons would visit you, something bad was going to happen. And they didn't know it was a ghost or it was a demon or something. 
He intended to pass him by. Does that ever bother anybody? He intended to pass him by. John MacArthur interprets this as he intended to come alongside. Oh, I really like that one. Jesus always comes alongside. Always. Now, isn't that a neat story? And you say, oh, wait a minute, Joe. What about Peter getting out of the boat? Well, we got to go to Matthew to go ahead and finish up the story. The book of Mark is written by John Mark, who was an understudy of Peter. So when you read Mark, you're reading the remembrance and the thoughts of Peter. So why didn't Peter put it into his book? Well, some would say he would be embarrassed about not having enough faith. I don't believe that at all. I think he didn't put it into his book because he didn't want to take anything away from the glory of Jesus Christ. Should we be that way? He's walking on the water. He's coming alongside. Now, when you come alongside uh, two vessels, you're matching your course and your speed. I think he took two or three steps. And then, you remember the first story of going to sea? And he, uh, he was in the back. He was asleep. They woke him up. They said, don't you care? Don't you care that we're going to perish? And he stood up. And he said the equivalent of, shh, and the waves and the water and the wind dissipated. And they said, who is this man that can control the water and the seas and the wind? Now, they're going to answer that question in this parable. Peter says, Lord, if it be you, Command, not invite, command me to come to you. Jesus said, okay. And you say, why would he leave the safety of a boat? I want to tell you what. I would always prefer being next to Jesus as to be in a boat. Wouldn't you? I mean, that's where the safety is. He gets out and he puts his foot down. He's not sinking. Again and again. And then scripture says he saw the wind. What does that mean? He saw the wind. We see the effects of wind. And he became scared. And he took his eyes off Jesus. Now if there's any place in this sermon that I want you to take home is never, never, never take your eyes off Jesus. And he lifted him up and he put him into the boat. And then he said, Shh. and the wind and the waves became calm because he is the Lord of this earth. So what, where are we going with this as far as um, here today. Well, 
This is our boat. It's comfortable in here, isn't it? We're with people who have like faith. That's not our job. Our job is to get out of this boat and go out into the world. Making disciples of Jesus Christ. That's our job. And sometimes we forget that. We say, okay, with church, that's, that's good. I'm good for another week. Eternal life is not whether your name is at Park Baptist Church. Eternal life is not whether you were baptized when you were 16. Eternal life is to make disciples of Jesus Christ. That's our job. And that's what we do. That's what we should be doing. But every once in a while, we just need to be reminded. There are four spiritual laws. The first one is, God loves you. God loves you. The second is that we are all sinners. The third, Jesus died for us. The fourth, we have got to have a relationship with Jesus. That is critically, critically important. And, and if we have that relationship, it doesn't mean that the storms will be taken out of our lives. But we can endure them so much better when we're next to Jesus. Amen? You hear what I'm saying? I love this story. I think that it shows a lot of things. But the one thing that I want you to know is that it's comfortable here. You're with friends. You're with people who share the faith. But that's not your job. It's not my job. Our job is to be out there. Talking to people. Preaching the gospel without preaching. You know, the old cliche is, I'd rather see a sermon than to hear one. That's what we need to be doing on that outside. We need to keep showing the presence. The presence of Almighty God. Amen.